Welcome to Piedmont Arts. I'm Rachel Stewart. On Tuesday, March 28th, Christ Episcopal Church in Charlotte welcomes the choir of New College, Oxford, for a concert that will include many classic English choral works. The choir of New College has been around since 1379 and is one of the most celebrated choral groups in the world. It's also the oldest choir of its kind in Oxford and Cambridge. Here to talk about their visit is Ben Ooten, who is the Director of Music at Christ Church, and Murray Somerville, graduate of New College, Oxford, and retired Harvard University organist and choir master, and Robert Quinney, who is the Director of the Choir of New College, Oxford. So thank you all for joining me today. Good to be here. Well, you know what, let's, let's start kind of at the beginning, and maybe this is a question for you, Robert, since you're, um, you're the Director of the Choir. Tell us a little bit about the history of this choir. It goes back to 1379, as I mentioned. Is it one of the first choirs of its type? Is it the first choir of its type? Well, we can't be absolutely sure, but we are certainly one of the earliest. There were choirs with boy choruses and, as it were, professional other singers around this time, for example, at St. George's in Windsor, and we think in the Lady Chapel of Westminster Abbey as well. There must have been some choirs in existence like this to have given our founder, William of Wickham, the idea for setting one up in, in Oxford. So Wickham thought of a number of things that were new, and, and one of them was um, a set of buildings that would bring everybody in the college together. So people weren't around Oxford in different sort of halls of residence, as it were, but everybody was, I mean, literally under one roof for worship in the chapel and eating in the hall. And those two buildings kind of run into each other. They share a wall. And that tells you something about his conception, that people should be living together and studying together and worshipping together. And he had a very strong idea of what that worship would be like. It would be as splendid as possible in a very large ecclesiastical building with wonderful perpendicular windows and a stunning uh, reredos um, behind the high altar with saints. Uh, figures of saints and the best possible music and the just for people who don't know this choir and choirs like it are made up of adults singers traditionally male but I understand you have some female adult singers uh, in the choir now and boy treble singers that is right we have basically the same constituency that that we had at our foundation about the same numbers we have 16 boy choristers singing full-time and some training. So we sing in kind of four basic voice types. The top line soprano is taken by our boy trebles. Um, and then we have altos, tenors, and basses. And your listeners will be familiar with exactly that kind of setup. It's, it's pretty universal in, in, in uh, our kind of music. And the alto, tenor, and bass parts are taken by adult singers. These are people who are undergraduate students in the college. We have a, a, yeah, a range of voices there with people who are, they are reading, as we say, they are studying a specific academic subject, not necessarily music, and some music students. And as well as those undergraduate students, we have professional lay clerks, as they're called. We call our undergraduate singers academical clerks and our, and our professional singers lay clerks. And uh, yes, among in, in both of those um, groups, uh, we, we have recently had uh, female singers um, because, I mean, New College has had female students since 1979. Um, so to be representative of the student body, we, we have wonderful alto academical clerk and an equally wonderful alto lay clerk this year. Now, Murray, um, you were in this choir at one point. 
correct? Well, I accompanied this choir. I was what was called the organ scholar, which is to say the assistant, student assistant. I'd uh, just like to pick up on something else, uh, Robert, that you had just said. Yes, about New College being, so far as we know, uh, the first college choir of this type. But in fact, it became then the model for a number of other choral foundations, didn't it? That, that's absolutely right. So yes, I mean, we, we and, and as I said, Winchester College was set up by William of Wickham and his successor as Bishop of Winchester set up Magdalen College in Oxford. And about the same time as that, Henry VI got in on the act and he uh, founded a, a, a double foundation of a, a college and a school. And, and that's the, the very famous King's College, Cambridge, where I was a student and its sister foundation, Eton. But yeah, they are absolutely based on, on the model established here at, at New College. Ben, a question for you. How much does this model influence American choirs? Well, the Anglican choral tradition of, uh, influences all American choirs, especially all denominations. Uh, we're all familiar with the uh, King's College Christmas Eve lessons and carol service, which I believe is broadcast every year on WDAV. It is. Uh, and we, we, through that particular program, have learned the arrangements of folks like John Rudder and Bob Chilcott and uh, Stephen Cleoberry and David Wilcox. And all of these folks uh, have created choirs that have a sound that many of us try to model. The English choral sound, whether they're boys on the top line or women on the top line, it's a very clear model for choral singing. And given that we all speak the same language, it is a great place to learn how to interpret the language along with the music. So I, I believe that the Anglican choral tradition is sort of like the first base for the American choral tradition. Can you talk a little bit about um, bringing the Choir of New College to Charlotte and Christchurch's um, interest in, in bringing choirs of this stature to Charlotte? First of all, Christchurch has a long history of choral excellence. And one of the ways to achieve choral excellence and to continue that is by returning everyone to the model. And by inviting New College to Charlotte, we get to uh, reimagine what that sound is for ourselves, and especially in our own space. Now, there are a lot of reasons to bring New College to Charlotte. The first of which is it's beautiful and inspiring music. So without any of the historical information, without any of the purpose of building a choir program, it is just a beautiful and I find very spiritual experience to hear this choir do their basic work in our building. So that's the reason, the real reason, is to just bring this kind of beauty to Charlotte. They have a unique thing to offer our cultural life in Charlotte. You mentioned um, in one of our emails um, that you wanted to encourage live music in holy spaces, particularly after the pandemic. I guess that's another reason. Well, yes, absolutely. Uh, live music comes with so many uh, side benefits. It's not just the hearing of the music live, 
but the being in an intimate space with the music makers and seeing their faces without going through a screen. It's also the energy of the gathering audience. It's the shared experience with people after the concert where they can say, when I heard this, I felt that. And someone can say, I did too. Wasn't that an amazing experience? I'm seeing a lot of nodding or, you know, uh, agreement. Absolutely. The COVID pandemic probably wasn't even uh, New College's first pandemic. I mean, they've been around for several, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> well, um, yes, in, in the days when the plague used to arrive um, in, in places in this country, all the colleges had plague houses that their fellows would escape to, you know, when they heard it was coming. I don't know what, what became of the choristers. But it is true, actually, that, that the COVID pandemic was the first time that New College Choir had been silenced since the civil wars um, in this country in the 1640s. So it, it was you know a, a a really awful um sort of fissure in our in our work and yeah when ben was ben was talking there i was nodding very vigorously about the the corporate experience that the performers and the audience have together that is as valuable for the performers as it is for the audience and if ever we needed to be reminded of that we were uh when toward the end of the pandemic we were fortunate um, that we were able to come back into our chapel into our large and thanks to a number of holes in the roof very well ventilated building and uh, sing but first of all without a congregation and that was an eerie and strange experience it was definitely better than nothing but I cannot say how wonderful it's been um, to be back uh, to our previous work routine but I mean yesterday just just yesterday um, we did our final service of university term we did a liturgical performance of the St John Passion of Bach but to do that yesterday was incredibly moving there is a sense of community there that is engendered by the music but I think also by the fact that everybody there is either performing it or listening to it so the music is our focus, but it actually, in a funny way, um, brings us all together without a word having to be said. Murray, I wonder if you wanted to add to that and, and maybe even think back to um, when you were at New College and what that I'm, you know, I'm struck by the fact that you perform or in, have a service almost every day and what that's yes. like. Um, well, yes. Thank you, Rachel. I, one thing I think I would add um, to what Robert was saying because maybe Robert doesn't quite realize the uniqueness of what he's bringing, is the fact that at this concert that New College Choir is going to sing here at Christchurch, the audience will experience children singing at this incredibly high level of professionalism. And uh, the English take that for granted. It's just what choirs like that are supposed to do. But in this country, that's such a remarkable thing. And to be able to see and experience that for the audience that is coming is a um, great gift that Christchurch is giving to the community. And as far as uh, myself, yes, the, the, the daily routine in New College Chapel was something I'll never forget. In the classic words, it's made me the musician I am. You learn to deal with a great deal of music in a short space of time. And yes, you learn to appreciate the inner spiritual qualities of the music in such a particular way in that building. 
somebody once said that one of the great things about the service of Evensong, which is what a New College Choir sings regularly, is that for children, it's a an achievable peak every day. It's not like, you know, singing a concert once every month or three months or something like that. But it's, it is a performance. It's a performance on a very high level, but it's doable every day for these children. And do you find that, Robert, that it's Yeah, that's exactly that can... right. It, it fits into a routine. I mean, we're very lucky here that we have a wonderful school. That was part of the original foundation, that there should be a school to educate the choristers, and a new college school flourishes um, these days. Within their schedule, the boys are able to come over every lunchtime for a rehearsal for an hour. And then we meet again with the clerks just before the service. And that gives us enough time to put together, it's about 40 minutes worth of, of, of music and also the readings. And the point about it is it, that it is routine. And sometimes we use that word in a negative way, you know, to mean kind of same old, same old. But, but, but the great thing about our tradition is that it's so rich in terms of its repertory and also the quality of the liturgy that was more or less invented um, at the English Reformation by Thomas Cranmer. It's just so good. The texts are timeless. They speak of things that it's difficult to put into words otherwise in an, an incredibly concise but expressive way. And they are also, they give themselves to musical setting. Evensong has a kind of rhythm about it, which is very persuasive. As, as Murray says, it's achievable, partly because some of the texts we sing are repeated texts. So at every Evensong, we sing the so-called Magnificat and Nunc Dimittis, which are two canticles from the, the New Testament. We know those words. We don't have to think very much about them. Um, they have been set to a huge variety of different um, pieces of music. It fits into our daily lives. Um, and choristers, when they leave, wonder what they should be doing at, at at, at sort of half past five, six o'clock in the evening, there's a sort of hole in their day where even song used to be. And what are the ages of these choristers? Um, well, when we come to Charlotte, the oldest boys will be 13. Um, and we have four year groups with us. So the youngest will be nine or 10. Um, we have time for one more question. And um, I'm going to ask you, Robert, if you could just talk about, um, you know, you're in, heading up a program that's 644 years old, approximately. So where do you go from here? What, what do you want to do in the future? Again, the great thing about working in a place like New College is that new things are always happening within, within this very time-tested framework. I'm very fortunate uh, with the support of my colleagues to be able to do new things. And one of the great pleasures of this job actually is to, is to introduce these children and young adults to music that they haven't come across before. So we're doing more and more music by Bach actually, um, who's a, um, a great focus of, of, of mine in other ways. And every term we sing a Bach cantata now in a reconstructed liturgy and I want to do more of that and I also want to start exploring more intensively the, the music of the English restoration period so that period after the civil wars when we were all singing again and there was a great renaissance um, in music the great composers um, principally Henry Purcell and others John Blow and Pelham Humphrey and I haven't explored that music very much, actually. I used to be sub-organist at Westminster Abbey, where Purcell and Blow themselves had been organist, and we did quite a bit of their music there. But I haven't, since I became a, a choir director, done as much of it as I feel I ought to have 
um, explored. So that's kind of next on my list is to try and try and find some funding for some recording projects with because we have so many wonderful instrumentalists in this country for whom playing that music is second nature. And I think that's the, the next place for us to go. Well, thank you all for taking some time to speak with us. Again, I've been talking with uh, you just heard Robert Quinney, who's the director of the Choir of New College, Oxford. They will be in concert here uh, on March 28th at Christ Episcopal Church. Also joining me, Ben Uten from Christ Episcopal Church. He is the music director there. Uh, and we also spoke with uh, Murray Somerville, a graduate of New College, Oxford, and retired Harvard University organist and choir master. Thank you all so much for taking the time to speak to us. It's a pleasure. You've been listening to Piedmont Arts.